In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Thank you for joining this episode of Psychic Story. Today we have Diane Brandon. Diane is an author, an intuitive, a speaker, a teacher, and a healer, among many other things. And very excited to have her join because we are going to talk about dream interpretation for beginners. But before we get into that and some of the other books as well that you've written, tell me a little bit about your journey and what got you started into this and, you know, the healing process, the intuition, all of that good stuff. Oh, where do I begin? I tend to think, Nicole, that my life is, was pretty boring because I was brought up very conventionally and I didn't know I was intuitive until I was older. I was always fascinated by what I considered to be psychic phenomena but that was other people. That wasn't me. And I guess there are two main factors I guess I should mention. The first is unconsciously, I have always remembered what I thought when I was born. I did not want to be here again. I remembered being with God divine before I came here. And so that was always there in the backdrop of my mind, but I thought everybody was like that. I didn't know that that was unusual. You know, I had a few experiences with intuition growing up. I thought they were rather mundane. I didn't think there was anything significant. In grad school, I did have one significant event or experience, and it was kind of complicated. Because I I woke up in the middle of the night, I heard a voice call my name, and yet there was nothing there but a big piece of furniture. And so I woke up, and then I, I couldn't see or sense anything, and so I thought, well, let me turn on the light instantaneously. No, first, it was like trying to get up, and, and you feel like you're absolutely super glued to the sheets, and you kind of somehow get yourself up and instantaneously, I'm over by the door to the room trying to turn on the light. That didn't work. And then I thought of using the phone instantaneously. I was in my roommate's room where the phone was. We had a long cord so we could move it between rooms. And I tried to pick up the receiver and I couldn't. And then I realized, oh, I'm out of my body. And wow. <laughs> slammed back in in bed and and woke up thinking well 
what in the world was that? Because I had never consciously been out of my body before. I'm sure unconsciously all the time sleeping. And I fell back asleep and then I had this dream and I was in this old house with these older women. To me now, they wouldn't seem that old. (laughs) (laughs) And I was telling them about the experience. And I said, you know, this was presaged two weeks ago by a dream I had that, that something significant would happen two weeks later on the night of the full moon. Now, back then, I didn't pay attention to the phases of the moon. And I was told by these, these ladies that that had been a test for me. They didn't explain what type of test or what the test was for in my dream. Okay, interesting. And, and I woke up and I always thought I had failed the test <laughs> because I found that consciously being out of my body was, was really disconcerting. And so I kind of filed that away. That was in grad school. It wasn't until probably almost 20 years later that I stuck my toe in the water with intuition. I mean, in grad school, I had, you know, tarot cards and I Ching. I mean, most people do, I think. You know, it's one of the things you do. And I was led to starting to work with my intuition by working for a 900 line, not knowing what in the world I was doing, thinking that, you know, I can't do this. And I was getting positive feedback. Long story short, it just grew and it and it took off. It took me three or four years to finally say, okay, I guess I'm intuitive. And then I could look back and say, you know, I've always been inner guided. And Working with my intuition, I started to do private sessions maybe six, eight months after I started working the 900 line, still going, what am I doing? But it took off and I started writing articles and teaching and speaking. And I had pursued acting and singing. I was sure that that's what I was here for from, again, that earliest memory when I was born. Okay, that's what I'm here for. So it just took a long time for me to change the self-concept that, you know, my work is really spiritual work. And within, I don't know if it was three years, four years, I knew this is the work that I was to be doing. And I've had, since then, I've had a strong sense of purpose about the work. And then when the born aware material started to surface, and that was in 2014, I think. And that was, again, being led because, you know, one client in a session mentioned her memories to me. And I said, oh, yeah, I have those memories too. And then a few months later, in a workshop I was teaching, uh, and a person attending the workshop just shared, in context, her memory before she was born. And nobody had ever known had talked about this. So I thought, okay, I'm being given a message. So now the, the born aware material has, has great purpose for me. But everything that I've written about, I feel is all interconnected, the intuition, dreams. It, it all has to do with spirituality. So that's my boring story. Oh, it's not boring. It's fascinating to me. And I find it really interesting that I felt so led to bring you on. I didn't realize that we had so many parallels already, just like hearing you tell your story, one about the 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 notion or the knowing that you just kind of knew 
oh my gosh, I'm here again. Why? Why did I make this decision? That was definitely me all growing up. And even now I'm like, what? What's going on? Obviously we made the intention. We're here and our purpose is to be light workers and healers and do this type of work. But also I really would love to dig into the fact that you did that astral travel or that astral projection because what happened to me when I, I guess I was maybe nine or 10. Do you remember those Time Magazine books that like Time would actually oh, like yes. send out? And it was about this. I forget what they're called, but anyway, it was like a whole series. I have that series. Yes. 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 And one of them is about soul travel or astral projection. And this is when just for people, yes, I'm also dating myself as far as my age is concerned, but I remember like there weren't a lot of books out there about the spiritual and this was really cool for Time Magazine at the time to actually be providing the series because it was everything from aliens to ghosts to whatever. Point being is in that book, there were some steps on if you were interested in astral projection and travel, which you could do. Like, so you lay down and you clear your mind. And I had been trying this every night when I went to bed again, mind you, I'm like nine years old or 10 years old, maybe max. And here I am like following these steps. And I remember I never felt like I was out of my body consciously, like you said, I guess during my dreams I was for sure. There was this dream. It was right after my grandfather had died. I'm in this kitchen with my grandmother and she's chopping these vegetables. And I don't really have nightmares, even back then and and now I don't. And she's chopping these vegetables and blood starts to come out of them. And it was really creepy and this really bad feeling. And she's talking about my grandfather and how he's moved on to the other side. And I remember at that moment in my dream saying, this doesn't feel like my grandmother. My grandmother would not say this. This energy does, I do not want to be around this energy. And the moment I said that, I felt myself whip, like like something had just taken me out of that moment. And I'm standing, and again, dreaming, in front of this house by this tree. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm dreaming. And then I went down through the earth. And then the next thing I saw, I saw like the house and the roof and the insulation. And I looked down and I saw my body and I woke up. And when I woke up, I was in another dream, like you were saying. And then, and so I went through that process just like you were, like I kept trying to wake up physically. Can you share with people what that looks like when we are unconsciously traveling astrally and having these dreams and then what that means consciously. And I know that's a big subject, but I think it's really important to kind of uncover, get into the details of how we use our dreams spiritually, right? Yes. And that is a big question, Nicole. And I have to, <laughs> I have to preface this and say that was my only out-of-body experience consciously. So I don't feel that I'm an expert on this other than Same having read me. lots of the Same material out my, there. That was my only one too. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I have to mention this before going into that. When you said you never have nightmares, I'm the same way. So we also have that in common. You know, to me, some people delight in going out of body. And I know that I believe his name is Keith Harari, teaches people how to go out of body at will. And for other people, it just kind of happens spontaneously. The consciousness, I think, is different depending upon whether you're doing this unconsciously and it's very unexpected and doing it consciously with awareness and intent going on. And when you ask that, what also flashed in was with sleeping and dreaming 
and having our normal, whatever normal is, type of dreaming, and, and everybody has their own style in dreaming, and what's called lucid dreaming, in which you are aware that you're dreaming and you can change the scenario. I think there is a parallel there between being out of body and dreaming with how consciously aware of the state that we are. And if we intend to go out of body and we do, then we're obviously (laughs) going to be much more aware of it and, and the intention is there. I can't speak really well to this because that was my only experience and I was so taken aback. And as I said, for years, I thought I failed whatever that test was. I I think looking back on it, it was really just trying to open me up more. Right. To the possibility. And to spiritual experiences in general, because around that same time, actually, it was a little bit after that, um, I was living in a house that was haunted. I lived there for about six months. And I had never lived in, been in a house that was haunted, never consciously aware of it. And, and this was a total other set of experiences of the spiritual, of a spiritual <laughs> nature that were out of my realm of, of what was my norm in the past. So I think sometimes when this happens to people, it may be to help to open them up to more spiritual experiences. And we can't control it, especially if we're not consciously aware of it and there's no intent. I think we just have to embrace the experience and that it happened. Dreaming is a whole other thing. What I would say, our mind, and and we know this through research, our mind while we're sleeping is very different from what our mind is like when we're awake. I won't go into all that right now. I think to a certain extent, we have to take those experiences as as their own realm, their own mm-hmm. world, and kind of accept them for what the, how they're presented to us. And perhaps with more of those experiences and with the maturity that comes with more of those experiences, we can start to fill in the dots and we can start to be more consciously aware and and explore more consciously because a lot of this has to do with exploring other than what our normal usual experiences and sense of reality are and what we've been taught and what we've been taught because our sense of reality coming from cultural programming is totally out of step (laughs) with all the possibilities out there. Yes. Yes. So I don't know if I answered your question, Nicole. No, you absolutely did. No, I think that the way I'm not an expert in it either, but the way I have always at least believed is that we do are a couple levels, right? Is when we dream or when we go to sleep, our brain needs to reset. We're being recharged. It needs almost like a computer chip, like to just be able to rest and do all that. But our spirit, our energy, our consciousness, that that light doesn't really ever rest or sleep. So we are, and whether we're spiritually traveling, astrally traveling, mentally <laughs> traveling, whatever that looks like, there are different levels to it, right? 
And in the simplest form, I guess probably your book, uh, you know, Dream Interpretation for Beginners, it's showing people that you can take dreams quite literally or for some common problems. But then there's also things you can do to elevate that dream state to that spiritual awakening and to that healing. Is that accurate? I would say definitely, Nicole. And there are (laughs) different ways in which we can look at and take the sleeping world and our dreams. I have always loved to sleep because when I'm asleep, I'm not here. When we're sleeping, if we're able to sleep in a pure and undisturbed state, our consciousness is unbound. It is unfettered. It is the closest I can come to being back on the other side. We tend to feel that our normal waking consciousness and reality are are our reality. But really, when we're sleeping, again, we are unbound. Our consciousness is not bound by the three-dimensional. It can travel. It can explore. There's so many different things that can go on while we're sleeping and dreaming. You have the restorative when we're sleeping, yes, for our physical bodies, there's a sense of restoration. And I would say, too, our minds. Research in the past so many years has shown that while we're sleeping and dreaming, we're filing away the memories from the experiences and we're consolidating learning. That's pretty mundane. We're also, I feel that it's healing for us physiologically. And at the same time, I love our unconscious. Our unconscious, I feel, is always trying to bring us to balance and to wholeness. And so it will use the sleeping state and the dreaming state to try to bring us to balance. So for people who may chronically have nightmares, those can be happening to kind of say, excuse me, there's this issue that's really bothering you unconsciously. And it is preventing you from living a more fulfilling, happier life. So if you would attend to this, I remember I did a radio appearance many years ago, a radio station in Boston, I can't remember. Uh, It was a popular show. And one guy who was on the staff said, you know, he had these nightmares. He always had them. And I, I was getting so strongly that he had been abused as a child. And so I didn't, I don't like to present people's stuff, you know, I don't want to be intrusive and and for privacy reasons. So during a break, I asked him, were you ever abused as a child? And he said, yes. And I said, that's what your nightmares are about. If you could work on that and start to heal that, the nightmares would likely be less severe or would even stop. So there's that component of our unconscious trying to heal us, trying to bring us to balance. And yes, we can have precognitive dreams. We can travel in our dreams. We can visit the more spiritual realms. There's there's so many things that can happen while we're sleeping. We can be exploring other time periods, other other lifetimes. I just past lives revisiting that. Yes. Yes. So what are some, I guess, 
you mentioned that I love the idea of our unconsciousness is trying to balance our conscious or our consciousness in this lifetime. So that could be, well, I said this lifetime, it also could be past lifetimes. Yes. And it's almost like therapy in a way, I guess, and where it's like, we're trying to work through things, being these spiritual beings, being energetic in this physical dimension is probably the easiest way to simplify that and to say like, that's what's happening in a nutshell, right? Yes. So what does it look like then when people dream? Like, so you have dreams for for working out problems, for processing things emotionally, all of that stuff. What does it look like when you mentioned precognitive and then the clairvoyant dreams? What do those typically look like and feel like for people? That could vary from one person to the next. Because one thing I learned several years ago is that we all have our own signature style of dreaming. So we really have to start with ourselves rather than comparing ourselves to some model for dreaming and everybody, you know, should be. Some people dream in color, some dream in black and white. Some people can taste things. Some people can't. All of it, like we're all very different. Yes. The precognitive can come from one of various sources. and, And I have to jog to the right a little bit and say, There can be different sources for our dreams. They're not all coming from the same thing. So one of the possible sources of precognitive dreams, and and precognition, of course, has to do with knowing the future in advance, can be coming from a part of our consciousness. There was a woman named Anna Wise who had studied brainwaves, and she felt that delta brainwaves, which are the deepest, slowest brainwaves, and that's the deepest part of sleep, we're really a sort of radar, you know, our our body, our consciousness kind of checking out the universe and hmm. it, like an antenna that was a receiver. Like, like a frequency. A frequency, like a, a yeah, receiver, like an, antenna. an antenna that was receiving. And so sometimes when we get precognitive information in our dreams, it can be coming from our own consciousness, our own unconscious delta brain waves sussing things out. At the same time, it can be coming from external sources. If you want to say a guide, an angel, the divine is giving you- The universe. The universe is giving Mm -hmm. you information about the future. That's another possible source. Sometimes it can be a combination. And there are people who almost have a specialty with precognitive dreams and they tend to remember those dreams and you know that are giving information about the future again everybody has their own particular style or even ability with dreaming that's precognition we could also talk about telepathy communicating with other people while we're sleeping and dreaming and two people who are close and and we know that like twins or mothers and daughters or, or best or, friends, you know, when you're close to really close to somebody else or or you know romantic person or spouse or whatever, your energy fields become entwined, and there can be communication between the two of you on a very deep unconscious level. While we're dreaming, we can have conversations. With other people, they can be other people in our lives, our waking lives, you know, the, the, the parent, the best friend, the spouse, whatever. But they can also be communications with 
guides, angelic beings, and or with passed on loved ones. So if you wake up in the morning and you you think, gee, you know, I had this dream. It felt like I was really talking to my mother who's been dead for, you know, however long. That often is the case. It is an actual conversation or or we're being given messages. Right. You know, one way or the two-way dialogue. I think it's fascinating. It is. It's awesome. And I think that, you know, for people that do this for a living, because there are some dream interpreters that are like, nope, I mean, your dreams are pretty much what they are. It's you use them, you you interpret them, they're basic, that sort of thing. And that's fine. That's their, that's their truth. And I do for the most part think that that's probably the case. But like you were saying, if you are feeling that a dream is really different, meaning that you felt like you were really there or you really felt that that person was reaching out, whether they are currently living or passed away and on the other side, then you should trust your intuition and what that feels like to you. Because one, it could be that you're working through something, that unconsciousness, consciousness, but because we're all energy, sometimes we need to be on a different spiritual plane or in a different dimension and level for us to be able to work through that and connect and reach out. It's more than it's just the physical in the here and now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I have explored dreams over the years, and I was always fascinated by dreams because I love to sleep. And I started really... (laughs) Another thing you and I have in common. I loved (laughs) naps growing up. My mom was like, I did never had to tell you it was nap time. I'd turn around and you were already on your way into the bedroom for a nap. And she's like, most kids are kicking and screaming, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we love that other reality that we get into. Mm-hmm. But I started back in, it was either as an undergrad or grad school, I started looking for books. Back then, and you alluded to this earlier, Nicole, years ago, it was hard to find material, written material, printed material, published material on spiritual topics. So I found whatever I could on sleep and dream research, you know, which had been done somewhat over the years. And that's when I started researching this. But the more I have looked at it, talked to other people about their dreams and their sleeping and dream experiences, my own, I just feel that it's a very complex set of phenomena. There can be a lot of different things going on while we're sleeping and while we're dreaming. And and I feel that we have to take each event as its own little world. And rather than trying to say, okay, you have to conform to what I believe <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. And it will mm-hmm. present us many, many different faces and complexities. So what are some things in your book that you... You, you provide as far as tips and guidance for people to either recall dreams or to start to interpret interpret their own dreams? What are some things that they could do? Because, you know, it is very different, like we talked about for each person, but the, I imagine there still are some some guidelines or some some foundational elements that people could practice. Yes, yes. I would say, number one, respect your sleep and your dreams. And rather than having the attitude of, eh, probably inconsequential, inconsequential doesn't mean anything, respect them. And a lot of times people have that attitude because, you know, our dreams can be very strange. You know, they they can present very strange 
imagery and events that were going, well, that couldn't happen in reality. (laughs) So I would say it's really important to respect your dreams and know that you can begin to understand them because I'll just throw this out there. The reason why our dreams can be really bizarre is because while we're sleeping, we're not in our normal level of consciousness. The cerebral cortex, which is the naming part of the brain, is turned off (laughs) while we're sleeping. So our mind can't we're not on autopilot anymore. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and and our mind can't use names and words to communicate. So it has to use images. It loves puns and plays on words. It just, so it's important to respect that this is a different mind that we have while we're sleeping. And just like we can learn a foreign language, we can begin to learn what that mind is like and how it expresses itself. And I go into that, you know, in my book. So I think that's step number one. I I also like to remind people that we have all different types of dreams because our, our mind is active at night. We think we're asleep, but our mind is still active, that not every dream is going to be significant. Some dreams can be very mundane and you don't want to give, spend the time on them because there's nothing really of great import for you. And people will ask, well, how do we know? How do we know if it was or not? And Mm -hmm. it's really up to us to have that sense. This means something. Sometimes it can be because we wake up, we may jolt awake and go, boy, that was a really strong dream. Or sometimes it may keep echoing in our minds the next day or the next couple of days. So the point is, we tend to know when a dream was significant or not. And is it also that the same thing for repeating dreams? So if you tend to have a dream that you constantly have growing up or as you get older, is that another another sign? That's another type of dream because there are different types of dreams. Okay. Um, and that's important to know about because in approaching a dream and trying to understand it, we have to go, what type of dream is this? Recurring dreams often have some sort of significance. If you had the dream since you were little, it's always possible that it could be connected to another lifetime, not the present lifetime. Mm -hmm. It could have to do with an issue you had while growing up. Sometimes a recurring dream can be about the future. But but usually there's some sort of significance to recurring dreams. Often recurring dreams will evolve over time, too. They won't remain exactly the same. I had a pair of recurring dreams. This was 20-some years ago. And they went on for a few years. And, and it, I finally realized after the fact that they were trying to warn me, not warn me, but tell me, that my parents would be moving from New Orleans. They'd been there for like 60 years and that I would have a move, significant move around the same time. I didn't realize that that was what those recurring dreams were about. They were preparing you for the move before the move. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And for my parents not being in New Orleans anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I grew up. So yeah, they're different, they're different types of dreams. The other thing too is I think it's important that we distinguish between dreams in which we're dreaming about something 
and those dreams that are the actual experiences. Hmm, right. Yeah. Because we can derive different different benefits from them. We touched upon the fact that they're different sources of dreams. We touched upon this, Nicole, and I think it's important to remember it. Our dreams are usually occurring to benefit us in some way, not to punish us or make us miserable. <laughs> so I think that's really, really important. How you feel in a dream is important. You know, I've used this example a lot, but years ago when I was speaking on dreams, one woman spoke up and said, you know, I, I have these recurring dreams of being chased. And we normally think that if you're having a dream of being chased, it's going to be somewhat scary. But I asked her, I said, well, how do you feel in the dreams? And she said, oh, it's pleasant. I like it. So how you feel in a dream is another indicator of, of some of the meaning. You have to pay attention to that. And you mentioned this too. There are a whole bunch of tips, but these are the only ones, you know, that I'll share right now. I have a lot more in the book. Intuition. Using your intuition, you know, is really important in teasing out the meanings of a dream. So those are just some tips. But we can all, we can all begin to delve into that deeper inner world of ours and begin to make sense of it. We really can. I mean, I remember being so fascinated by dreams years ago, and it was like, oh, 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 and I had no idea. <laughs> and now after working with them, studying them, I have a completely different different sense, and, and a lot of it just makes sense to me now. Well, that's beautiful. Do you offer sessions for people like to interpret dreams, or is it primarily your, your book and your tips and, and courses? I offer sessions because I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions anyway. I think my work tends to be about helping people unfold and find more purpose and fulfillment in life. And that can sometimes get into that treasure chest I feel that we all have within ourselves and, and locating it and opening it and beginning to treasure and value who we are in the present lifetime. And I get into, people ask me about all sorts of things. Dreams, yes. I've had some sessions in which we will touch upon people's dreams. I've had some sessions where people just want their dreams interpreted. So yes, I do that in the context of private sessions. I also do one-on-one uh, -on -one teaching of intuition, intuitive skills. And I feel that that lies in every one of us, whether we know it's there or not. And we just have to learn to recognize it and how to work with it and develop it. But yeah, I do sessions on all sorts of things. Yeah, that was my biggest thing in starting the show was that there's just this myth and misconception out there that what a psychic is or what a psychic medium is and what those beliefs are that we've been taught. And there's so many different senses psychically and intuitively that we could be tapped into and or be stronger in or even want to improve upon, yes. right? And some people, it, their, their dial is turned all the way up and in some of those senses and in some of those situations and others, they're lowered for a variety of reasons. So that's awesome that you offer that. So if anyone's interested in you know, learning what their intuition and their intuitive abilities are or being able to further 
build up that treasure chest or that treasure box, as you mentioned, I'm sure they would love to reach out to you. Yes. And I have to add this. I was the same way, Nicole, when I first started doing this work. That was why it was so difficult for me to grasp because I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, thinking of the the typical connotation we have with psychic. And you can use all of your mind just because you're using intuitive ability, which is right brain skill, as we say, doesn't mean that you don't have a left brain and you can't use logic as well. It's mm-hmm. actually adding to your abilities right. and what you can draw upon. That's the beautiful part of it, right? Yes. That's the beautiful part of being spiritual beings in this human body is that, and why we came here, not only to experience the things that we are in the lessons in our spiritual journey, but is to have that physical sense and to merge it all together, call it almost like our superpowers of sorts (laughs) and being able to turn it all on, right? Yes, yes. As we start to, I think, work on healing and removing any limitations from past experiences, from childhood, from, you know, programming, we're healing and we're opening ourselves up to more possibilities. And we're all here for a reason. I didn't want to come. I was told to come. <laughs> but, you know. I, Are you going to come back? Um, I, I don't know what's in store for me. I'm like the handmaiden. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Universe works in mysterious ways, right? Yeah. And it says, okay, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> right. True. Very true. Yes. <laughs> but when we're here, we're going to get that unfolding and growth. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's it's funny. I just, so many things, so many things to say. But yeah, so for people that are interested in reaching out to Diane, her website's dianebrandon.com. She's also on Twitter and Facebook. She has multiple books. The one we were talking about today was Dream Interpretation for Beginners. I know that some of the topics were a little bit more detailed, but I think that that's fascinating and it's helpful to understand. But if you want to go back to the basics uh, and on what that dream interpretation would look like, definitely check out her book. She also has Born Aware, which I'm going to pick that one up because I think just based on our conversation, I definitely want to learn more about that. And then Invisible Blueprints and Intuition for Beginners. Is there anything else that you're feeling led that you want to share with the listeners? I think what I would say, Nicole, is that we really are so much more than we tend to think we are. And that we can heal whatever the source is of what is holding us back. I think spiritual people tend to be sensitive and we also tend to sometimes not feel good about ourselves. We can learn to embrace who we uniquely are on the inside and express that and work with it. I think that's part of what leads us to our purpose, you know, in the present lifetime. So I want to just encourage everyone that there really is so much more and we really can be happier and feel more fulfilled. That's really powerful. And it's resonating with me because I'm tearing up, not in a bad way, in a great way. Yes. And so much of it is that we really depend on, we want to fit in. We want not to be rejected. And a lot of times that fear comes from, you know, if I dare 
to be who I am or are people going to turn their backs on me? You know, isn't, isn't it just safer, you know, to be where I am? But I can tell you, you know, I am so much happier now since I've been doing this work and, and doing what really resonates and comes from who I am. So I want to encourage everyone. It, yes, it does take a little bit of courage, but at some point, I think we do tend to start to become our own person, think more for ourselves. What's the expression? Dare to be different. <laughs> yeah. Not well, for the I, sake of being different, but for the sake of who you are, who you genuinely are, is who you were supposed to be. Yeah, we're all very different. I mean, we, I talk about that in my story is that our DNA, how we got here is technically statistically impossible. So we are all here for a purpose and we're all so individually unique that that is the gift. Yes. Yes. And we find people who we resonate with. It just, just happens. Yeah. Well, I definitely have really loved and cherished our talk and really encourage people to reach out to you if they feel so led. And thank you for your work and your path and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much, Nicole. I have just really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 